regardless of which life we're living and how that life is affected, we still have free will, whether we see it or not, or feel it or not, or know it or not. Exactly, yeah. So, so just because the light's on doesn't mean we do anything with it, you know? Which is even, you know, in, in the present, you know, so much light is, is given to people, but then people get so caught up into their human nature, and, and by getting caught up into the human nature, they're caught up into the idea of what they believe life is all about, just purely from human nature terms. Opposed to, hey, you're God in a body, a creator, this is your reality. And what are you going to do with it? Yeah. And, and so, which is, you know, the time that we've reached now, which is that synergy between all frequencies. And, and that has you got to accentuate the positive. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Remember, if you like the conversations that we have on ATP Media, please like and subscribe to our channel. And if you want to chat to me, put your comments in the comments underneath YouTube. Or if you're listening on audio platforms, send me an email. Go to karenswain.com. It's so great to introduce you to another amazing, delicious New Zealand man <laughs> who is a channel of higher consciousness. His name is Blair Styra. Welcome to the show, Blair. Thank you, Karen. It's just awesome to be. And thank you for, you know, inviting me onto your energy, and uh, which I think is, as you know, a really important thing because we're all merging into one point of consciousness now. And so the more that we can link in on these levels, um, the better it is for everybody, not just, you know, light workers, but, you know, people as they turn lights on for themselves, we're actually turning lights on for each other. Well, that's the way I see it. Absolutely. And it's so great. I have a large American audience, funnily enough, uh, more than I do an Australian audience. So I like to showcase people that are doing amazing things down under. <laughs> and <laughs> even though you aren't on the same land mass, you're still down under according to the way we see the world. So let me, look, let me read your bio and we'll get into your story and then we'll have a bit of a chat with Tabash. Um, but we're going to learn how you met Tabash. Blair lives in Wellington, New Zealand and has been a channel for Tabash, an ancient Sumerian soul who last lived 5,000 years ago. He's been channeling since the early 1990s. During the last 30 years, Tabash and Blair have been presenting their teachings throughout New Zealand, Australia, USA, Canada, and Britain. They are authors of Don't Change the Channel. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Don't Change the Channel. So many puns there. And Blair's recently published another book called Who Catharted? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you what, got a good sense of humour. <laughs> They've been regular speakers at the Ozark Mountain Transformation Conference in the US and Blair hosted a radio show in New Zealand called Talking with Tabash. They've also facilitated numerous seminars and meditation evenings and Blair facilitates personal sessions with Tabash in person or through Skype. 
Now, when you sent me your bio, you sent me this little beautiful little thing here that I'm going to read out. I suspect this is Tabash speaking through you, right? We are walking across rainbow bridges now, bridges we cross to meet our highest nature and to blend this nature with our human nature, a time when the God blends with the human, establishing a greater autonomy over our lives. We have cast off so much of what is counterproductive and we now live our productivity more than ever. The collective consciousness of the planet has been crossing these bridges, therefore establishing our ability to see, feel, and experience the energy of the new earth. So beautiful. Having evolved within its time to evolve ourselves with the new earth energy. Hmm. Well, we're going to get into this. (laughs) Uh, look, you've been doing this for a long time and I found you recently, I found you with this fabulous conversation that you had with Geraldine Orozotko. I don't know how to say her last name, who's an amazing person. How do you say her last name? Well, you do it well. All right. And yes. Alba, Alba Weinman, who, you know, people would also know who uh, does regression sessions on people and she puts them on YouTube. She's got a great following. So I found you through that conversation on YouTube and I loved it. And I loved what you were saying about yourself and obviously what Tabash was saying. And I was thinking, wow, because I've been doing this for almost 30 years too and I haven't come across you before. Have you come out to Australia much? Um, I have at times, um, mainly around Brisbane area. I have done some work in Sydney in the past, but um, you know, I've been sort of a bit tied to New Zealand a little bit because my wife is not well. She has Alzheimer's, and so she now lives in a care home. So things are a little bit more flexible, but I didn't like to sort of go too far and wide. So, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm opening up more doors now in regards to my international work because with uh, the way care has been looked after now, then I, I'm able to do that, basically. And, uh, yeah, so, but I, I have people like yourself, you know, over in Australia who keep saying, when are you coming over again? And, and uh, we'll set yeah. this up, this, et cetera. So. Yeah. Well, with your wife, I've heard you also say that she had cancer when you were, like, really young. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, she had cancer in, uh, I was about late 20s when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that was actually the catalyst for um, my spiritual journey as an adult. Um, As a child, I always had a sense of what I used to call the something more. And so my early years were spent in Canada, which is where I was born. We came to New Zealand in 1971. In Canada, a lot of big giant forests around and, and just beautiful mountains and I remember as a child just sort of wandering around these forests, feeling absolutely no fear, the sense of peace. And I would often come across places which I knew now, I know now that I obviously stepped into some sort of parallel universe and some dimension because the, the energy um, was just extraordinary. The, the, the beauty was, was so powerful. And, and yet when I went to find that place again, I could never find it. And, and, and so... So it was always this sort of connection with, you know, higher energies. I didn't know that's what it was. I just thought, well, that's just, just life. And I used to hang around the local cemetery when I was a child because I would feel this power, this energy that 
you know, it was just so extraordinary. And there was this little place I remember so clearly. It was like a little hilly knoll with some pine trees on it. And I used to sit up there and for whatever it was, I would just cry for something that I was missing. It was like up there I was remembering that this was not what life was all about, that there was something beyond this. And it was like this yearning that was always there. We came to New Zealand in 1971, and basically I just kicked into living, kicked into um, to growing and, and developing. Um, just one little story that just comes to my mind. Uh, I was a server in the church when I was about 11. I remember going up to the minister and, and asking him, oh, Father, there's more to God, isn't there? And, and he looked at me and he says, more than what? And I said, well, I think there's more to God than what, what the church teaches as an 11-year-old. <laughs> and he looked at me like I had seven heads. <laughs> yeah, he would have loved that. <laughs> me aside, so to speak. And, um, yeah, so, you know, we just got on with living, high school years, all the sort of normal things that you do. And then um, I met up with my wife very early. My wife's actually older than me. She's 24 years older than me. Oh, wow. So, so it's quite a, um, a fascinating and wonderful story. And so we had an affair when I was 18 and she was 42. Ooh, juicy. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> yeah. and, um, anyway, it, it, it was obviously destined, if we want to use that word, but um, we've had the most remarkable life together. We've done a lot growing up. Understanding the bigger picture, of course, I realise now that we were both catalysts for each other's development and growth. So the, the deal that we made as souls together put us in this situation. And so, you know, we got on and, and, and with life and, and established a, a wonderful relationship with a lot of traveling together and growing together, etc. Then um, in the 80s, she was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer, which was uh, at the time not a good prognosis. And so it's funny because I remember the day of the prognosis, I had this total feeling that, you know, despite the severity of the situation, I just knew that she was going to be all right. right. And, and so, so we went through this whole process and it just kicked into all the God stuff, basically, all the soul stuff. And all these amazing things started happening, the synchronicity, the, these it's like lights were turned on. And, and, and so I started doing a lot of reading and meditating and um, Kay was doing the same thing. Um, she's a very strong individual, so she always listened, you know, to her body, very independent, and, and so she had to go through mastectomy, she went through chemotherapy, but she also alternated it with holistic healing and, and you know, energy vibrational work, uh, meditation, so she balanced the vibration up, and because of that, you know, I think it, it, it made her understand that healing comes not just from uh, you know, the, the, the physical, it comes from the way you think, it comes from the way you feel. And just as an example of this, the day after she came out of hospital, and she had this big drain attached to her where the wound was from the mastectomy. Mm -hmm. And we were building a big fence up the side of our property. Anyway, so Kay got out of the car, went to the shed, got out a, a, a shovel, and started digging a fence post hole. Oh, wow. She did that for about half, half of it, and then she handed it to me, and she said, you finish it. But she had to show to herself, this is the way I'm going to approach things. And Absolutely. So, so that just opened up a lot of doors for us. And I realized that what I was experiencing was what I was feeling when I was this child. This, this is something more. But it was 
there was a different version of it. And, and so, so when you move into a different version, as you realize, you actually have to look at who you are and where you stand and what your rules are, what your belief systems are. So what I was as a six-year-old was very different from what I was in my late 20s. And so suddenly I, <clears throat> I realized that, for want of a better phrase, I was onto something here. But, but I always felt that, you know, like spirit was prodding me, <clears throat> that there was something that they wanted me to do. But I had no idea what it was about. I'd done enough reading about, you know, spirit guides and all that sort of stuff. And I was putting thoughts out. And I would get sort of answers like, you know, you know, just carry on what you're doing or just wait, you know, that sort of stuff. You know, anyway, so, but it always felt right. So, so I did that. And then I used to run this clothing shop. And I was at work one day and I had this absolute feeling that someone was really giving me a message. So I came home and I remember, remember quite specifically, Kay was in the kitchen cooking and I just, you know, come home, throw things around, flick on the TV, you know, and then coincidentally, there was this program on channeling. And, and so, so I thought, oh, okay. So I watched this. And then the whole time I was watching this, I thought, well, this has got something to do with what I've been feeling. Right. So, so we had our dinner and all that. And I just mentioned to Kay, you know, this is the situation I was watching. And, you know, let's give it a go. Let's see what happens. So complete novice, had no idea what to do. So what do you do? You, you light candles, you turn the lights off, you hold hands, you know, sort of almost Victorian stuff. So <laughs> I'm holding, we're doing that. And all of a sudden, my body went totally like rigid like this. And then I got this really overwhelming sadness, actually, that came through me. And then that, that disappeared. And then my father-in-law, who passed away a year before, he started talking to me in my head. And, and, and so I thought, okay. And then I was just telling Kay as Blair. So it was just like, I was, being, I was almost more like a medium, I suppose, rather than a channel. So, and then whatever was coming through, Kay was relating to it 100%. Anyway, so that all finished. So we sort of thought, wow, this is awesome. So we just kept practicing, basically. And then, then gradually, I started to develop this sense of energies just really guiding me and directing me and telling me, you know, this, this is a journey. This is what we need to do with you. So I just started to develop that with my meditations. And I started doing a little bit of gentle channeling. Um, in those days, it was just sitting in the chair, eyes are closed. And, and that was what it was all about. But the voice would, would, would come through. And I was aware, I was consciously aware of what was being said. And so Kay would be sitting and um, asking questions. And it was a bit like an apprenticeship in a way. So as we had this situation going, then I, I felt a lot of shifts and changes going on within me. Like I was being directed with you know, my exercise, and my diet and attitudes, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I heard you say that he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, yeah. like he's like your health coach. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, I'm trying to put this all into a nutshell, because uh, so much happened. Then we went away overseas, and while we were away, my mother-in-law had passed away, Kay's mum. She had actually had Alzheimer's as well. She was in a care home for 10 years. Right. Anyway, so we were in London, and we had this feeling we had to go somewhere, like to find a psychic or a medium or whatever. So we ended up going to the Spiritualist Church in Belgrave Square in, in London. And there was a medium from Norfolk there. Anyway, he came up to Kay and he gave her this absolutely clear message from her mum. 
you know, she, even where she lived, which was Auckland. She said, I've got a lady from Auckland here who's been, you know, uh, here's he put it, like the door has been closed for a while. And, and anyway, so he gave this really amazing message from, from her. Then he came to me and he said, oh, Spirit wants to talk to me about your career. And, and so I thought, well, this is going to be interesting because at that point in my life, I had seriously been considering going into medicine. Yeah. And, and so, so I started, you know, investigating things. Anyway, so the man said to me, I see two rooms. I see a room with a big building with a red cross on it. And I thought, well, that's obviously a hospital. And then he says, but I see another room, but this room's just full of light and it's just pulsating. And, and I had no idea what he was talking about. So I just thought, okay. But then he said to me, well, whatever you choose to do, you're going to excel, but it's just a matter of choice. And then that was the end of, of, of the reading. Anyway, so we came back to New Zealand and I was thinking, oh, well, you know, just get on with this medicine thing and start investigating and look what I have to do. And then I was reading a paper and there's this little tiny ad in the paper. And there's a woman um, who's a channel for the Egyptian goddess Isis. And she was visiting Wellington running a, a, a public meeting. So I said to Kay, oh, this might be interesting. Let's check this out. So anyway, we went to this meeting and there was about 50 people there. And um, I was sitting in the back and I always sit in the back on the edge just in case I need an exit. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not interested in this. Let's get out of here. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> we're sort of listening to this amazing information that Isis was giving and it was fascinating. And also she just stopped and stared into the audience. And then she pointed and she said, you are a channel. And, and I had no idea she was talking about me. I was talking about some dude behind me, you see. So I'm sort of thinking, oh, well, he's, that's cool, you know? And then she goes, no, 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 I didn't, you. And then all of a sudden, of course, everyone turns and looks at me, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and and um, anyway, at the end of the day, we ended up uh, participating in quite a few of the workshops that, that she ran. And that was taking me to another level of my development, not just in myself as a channel, but as a person, because it really affiliated us with like-minded individuals. You know, this amazing group of people that, you know, were on the, the journey of mind, body, and spirit. And we just found some amazing friends and we used to socialize and celebrate everybody's birthday. And it was so awesome. And then um, at one of the sessions, um, Isis sort of said to me, you've got the spiritual energy called Tabash. And he wants to work with you. And, and, and so, so I thought, okay. So I started doing some meditation and, and just seeing what was happening. And all of a sudden I got this image of, of I call him Mr. T, of Mr. T in my head. And, and I thought, oh, okay. And he wasn't saying anything, he was just staring at me. So, so I did this a few times. And then at some point he just started chatting away. And then I was having a meditation. And it was such an enormously beautiful meditation. I was in this bliss, bliss place. I didn't want to leave it. And then Tabash says in my head, I want you to open your eyes. And I, I resisted because I was in such a beautiful place. And he goes, no, no, open your eyes. So I did. And I wasn't even in the room. My consciousness had shifted from, from my body. And I'd moved on to another level. And I, uh, I remember sitting on a, I was sitting on the floor, actually. And the floor was black and white marble tiles. There was a big door with light flowing through there. And there's Tabash standing above me, looking down at me. And then he laughed and said, why are you sitting on the floor? And then he said, come on, stand up. I want to talk to you. So we went into this other area where it was just a sofa. And, and he just started talking to me about the work that he wanted to do with me and, and the agreement that we'd actually made as two souls. 
And the whole time he was talking to me, it just made complete sense. You know, yeah. I was total, I wasn't even in awe. I was just in a complete sense of acceptance. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like awesome. a remembering, just like, yeah. oh, of course. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then you know, once, once, once we did that, then he said, right, okay, well, this is what I need you to do now. And then that's when he put me on to another level of, you know, training, you know, mind, body, and spirit, basically. And, and, and you know, for me, I'm a fairly logical person. So I'm a Libra and I like to weigh things up and, 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 you know, think about it first. And yeah, it felt right. But I thought, well, I really want to know that this works. <laughs> so I'm not going to sort of go diving into any position. So I just worked hard for, for over a year. And, you know, during that process, then it just developed more and more until eventually Tambash said to me, right, I want you to book a hall. We're going to do a public meeting. And we'll go from there. So I thought, okay. So I booked this, this room. I had no idea how many people were going to show up. I thought five, 15, who knows? Actually, 100 people showed up. And so Tabash came through and gave a really you know, beautiful teaching. And then that really kicked it all off. And from that moment on, um, I've just been working publicly. We, we did public meditation teaching evenings. We ran these big um, meetings for, for 12 years uh, where Tabash would do a uh, uh, teaching and then he would do a meditation but he'd use music and he'd weave a story around the music and 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 so we would get a regular audience of a couple hundred people doing that and, and it was the most extraordinary evening and energy and I, I always encourage people to because I always believed it was like a a, a a meeting place and center place for people to know what else was going on around so I would invite other, other light workers to come and speak for a couple of minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, or whatever, about who they are, what they're doing. And I had a big table where everyone could put all their information. And so it's just a really good place for people to network, I suppose. And oh, it was just those, those meetings were made. People even say, when are you going to do those meetings again? But, um, you know, everything just started evolving more. And so uh, obviously, as Tabash got more well-known, I got more well-known with it. We started going around the country doing seminars, um, doing personal readings with people. Uh, the radio program we did for a couple of years, that was so much fun. Mm -hmm. you know, we, start, we started her off as a, um, talking with Tabash where um, Tabash would invite in people's questions so, so people could ask you know, things that were going on in their lives and stuff like that. We're starting a bit silly because people are asking like, really stupid questions like, is my house going to sell, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. That's what people ask. Okay, I'm going to stop you here because I could, I, I could just say nothing and you could just keep going. <laughs> and we've gone past so many questions that I had, you know, we've gone way past. Okay, so interestingly enough, when you got to the point where you said, and then Tabash started teaching me, the volume, I'll adjust it on the uh, recording, but the volume jumped and it went really loud because I was sitting here thinking, the volume's really, your volume's really bad. I'm going to have to do heaps of editing on your volume. And then it jumped and it went really loud. So I thought, oh, thanks, Tabash. You fixed the volume. <laughs> He's got his own control tower out there. <laughs> and, okay, let's go back. I want to go back to your wife, Kay, and her illness. So, so she was probably in her, she was in her 40s when she got sick. And obviously her being sick, you know, sparked all these questions in you about how can I help her? And so there was this sort of summoning of 
of energy, like a summoning of answers. Yeah. So her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's interesting when that happened. It's almost like I kicked into a story that was there. So the rules had already been written and it's like, I just knew what to do. And, 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 and my service to her in that sense, as much as, you know, with her Alzheimer's, cause I, I looked after her here at home for seven years, you know, before she went into care. And, and I find it quite fascinating that her health issues have been a massive catalyst for my work, my development. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, and, and, you know, it makes me look at the bigger picture of what our souls, you know, agreed to, you know, to exactly. Mm. So there was this soul agreement, like, um, yeah, she's going to manifest this um, illness and, and, and that would help you develop and be who you were. Okay, and another question I want to ask about Kay is, so Alzheimer's, I'm sensing if she's had Alzheimer's for over 12 years that she's pretty gone at this point. Like, like when you walk into the room, she's not really conversing with you in the relationship you had before, right? No, no, definitely not. So, um, you know, she, she's, she's at the end of her life now. Well, the question I want to ask is, because you're a channel and a medium, do you talk to her, yes, yep, yep. you know, in your head? Like, yep. yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, how I put it is I talk to her as a vibration. Right. And, and, and I'll explain how I do this is, you know, as Tabash has taught me, that we're all multidimensional beings of energy. So yeah. therefore, we simply exist everywhere. Exactly. And so, so I, thought, I was thinking about this, and I thought, well, that means that really there's really only one dimension of K that has Alzheimer's, but the rest of her doesn't. Exactly, yeah. So, so when I go to see her, and I see her daily because it's just up the road, and so I always project the thought to the parts of her that don't have Alzheimer's. And, and you know, I would say the majority of the time, um, when I do that, she becomes a lot more cognitive. Yeah. But then I also have to understand that she's making this agreement with herself where she's turning, uh, turning switches off and, and therefore she becomes a lot less receptive to my vibration. And, 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 and yeah, you know, there will be times where there's always like a little acknowledgement because she's in a wheelchair now, so she, she can't walk, she can't talk, she, she doesn't actually speak. And she makes noises. But um, anyway, so she, I went up there the other day and she was just sort of all hunched up and sound asleep, you see. And then she just sort of crooked one eye open like this, you see, <laughs> as if to say, oh, yeah, it's you, is it? <laughs> and, then, and then she just reached over and just patted my hand as if to say, okay, well, I know you're here, but I'm sort of off somewhere else. Oh, she's totally off somewhere else. I've got to hear. I'm chatting to her. Um, okay, so, you know, like when I was young, a young healer, I had a guy bring his father to me who had Alzheimer's. And uh, it was one of the most amazing lessons I had as trying to piece all this stuff together from this linear, you know, egoic mind perspective where we think life is about what we see and can experience through our five senses, right? So... I was communicating with him telepathically or, or I was communicating with his higher self and his higher self in no uncertain terms asked me not to heal him. <laughs> like he actually screamed at me, no, because I saw the, where the, you know, the energy was disrupted and I was going to go in there and fix it. And then he said, you know, this is my process. Don't interrupt my process. And I'm like a healer, right? I'm trying to fix you. And he's like, I don't want to be fixed. And that's like doing my head in. 
what do you mean you don't want to be fixed? So I'm starting to understand at this point that there is, the soul is choosing this. Yeah, yeah. And have you had a chat with Kay about, you know, why she's choosing this, what, she's, what the soul is getting from her condition now? And Kay was a very um, highly perfectionist, highly achieving type of individual. She was a COO of a company, right. um, very, very in her head, uh, would never let anyone do anything for her. She had to do everything. Okay. And, and so, and I understand 100% her karma and, and the fact that now everyone has to do everything for her. Right. And, and, and you know, and it's interesting because if you think about it, so you could say that the, the breast cancer was her, her first indi um, indication. You've got to make some changes. Yes. And she wouldn't relinquish control. And so, therefore, you know, she created this as well. And, and just when you were saying about that, that gentleman, I, I, I had a, um, a meditation that wasn't a meditation. It was definitely a message. And I found myself going out into another frequency. And I was in this amazing place. And I could see Kay sitting in this garden all alone. Yeah. So she was looking upset. So I went down and I said, darling, what's wrong? And she looked at me and she goes, I don't know what to do now. I've got this far, but I don't know what to do. So I, Spirit then spoke to me and said, you can take her to the light. So in, the, in this meditation, I remember picking her up and I, I walked down to a river and there was this beautiful boat. So I put her there and then I went down to the back of the boat and I put my arms out and it just started floating up. And there's this big, huge, just spiral of light going through. So we went right through into that light and we bumped up against the steps. And by this stage, Kay was fine. She suddenly jumped out of the boat and ran up the stairs. So I followed and then there's this other staircase and there's a door up there and I knew that was a door to heaven. And, and so, so we went up there and the door suddenly opened and I could see all this beautiful countryside and all that. And Kay was looking at me and looking, looking at, 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 the, um, at the scene. <clears throat> and then somebody said, well, Kay has to go through. But then they said, but you're not allowed to. <laughs> and like that. So I looked at her and I just, in the meditation, thanked her for, you know, the wonderful life that we'd had together. And then I remember so specifically thinking, um, but just please let me hold you one more time. And, and so I gave her this big hug and then she just went into the door, uh, through the door and, and it closed. And then I just flew into to energy and, and, and then I came out of the meditation. Now, when I went to see her that day and I explained to her and she was looking at me and I said, you, you, you know this, don't you? And she just nodded. So she'd been on that level as well. And, and, and so... Yeah, so these conversations that I've been having with her, um, she understands, but I, I think there's a fear there. I think there's a, a little bit of resistance because of the fear. I mean, when you think about someone who has to always be so in control, yeah. we reach this point where I don't know what to do, as she put it. And, and, and so I just said, look, you know, you, everything will be fine. So, Blair, how long ago did you have that, um, <clears throat> the, the, the vision, when did you took her to the... That was four months ago when I had that. Okay, so it's not like her soul had left her body at that stage, so trying to figure that one out. Well, I mean, think about it. We're living on all these different levels of consciousness, so we, we simply went into a, a frequency and aligned, and, and so, you know, she, she reached out. And, and I, I know she comes around the house quite a bit. And yeah. 
around that night because I've actually done quite a few changes since she's moved up and, and, and it's almost like she's poking around. And, and yeah. You moved my favourite chair. <laughs> what are you doing with it? It's a different colour, how dare you? <laughs> you know, and, and, this man, this man that came to see me, he, the son that brought him, it's a longer story, but I won't get into it. You know, we became friends and he said to me one day, do you want to go and see this, you know, person channeling Maitreya? And I said, no, not really. And he's like, oh, please, please, I'll drive you, blah, blah, blah. And so we ended up going to see, we drove, had to drive forever to go and see this woman who was doing psychic readings, but she wasn't channeling Maitreya. She was in an RSL club and she was being more mainstream medium where she was kind of giving messages to people. So she went around the audience giving messages to people and she said, oh, I've got your father here. Is he dead? And, and uh, Mark said, and no, he, he's not dead. And, and she goes, well, isn't he? Well, he's here with me. Where is he? And she goes, oh, well, he's in a facility without, you know, with dementia. And she goes, oh, yeah, his soul left his body ages ago. I've got him right here. And so then, you know, again, I'm this young healer trying to figure all this stuff out going, okay. So the medium's got the spirit of the father, but the body's still alive in the hospital eating and, you know, like, how does this work? You know, and I was trying to figure it all out. But obviously... You know, do, a, really good, a good analogy for that is this often how I describe channeling is it's rather like when you're watching TV, you know, because we're multidimensional. So you have all these stations and, and you're focused on one program, but that doesn't mean all the other stations aren't happening simultaneously. Right. On different frequencies, exactly. Matter of you know flicking onto another station, so to speak. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, you do that, I do that, everybody does that on some level. You know, we're we're living out all these existences all the time. Yeah, and, and that's why this can actually happen. You know, because we're, I mean, weird things that have happened to me. Like I was up in Auckland visiting my folks, and I was up there for a couple of weeks. Anyway, I um, met up with a mate of mine in town. You know, like a week later when I got back and he said, oh, it was really nice seeing you the other day in the street and having a chat. And I said, where was that? And he says, and he named the day when I was in, actually in Auckland. And I said, well, I was in Auckland that day. And he says, no, you weren't. You know, I met up with you in Lambton Key. We had a chat. We organized this meeting and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously it was some other part of me that was doing that. <laughs> yes. I've had this conversation with Penny Kelly on the show, yeah. you know, Oh, and it does your head in. From your linear mind perspective, it does your oh, head in. But it's like she was saying that she was canning tomatoes and her husband came in and said, come to bed and make love with me. And she said, oh, as much as I'd love to, I've got to finish canning the tomatoes. And then when she went to bed, she saw herself walking out of her bedroom and going into the bathroom. <laughs> the, you know, a woman who had just made love to her husband, like, but it was her. Like she actually saw her other self who had actually made that decision to follow through on that yeah, timeline, yeah. so to speak. I'm not going to miss out. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, okay. So how did you reconcile your friend saying, but I was talking to you in the street, you know, you uh, must have been. At the end of the day, I just thought, that, you know, you can't even go there, please. just accept it, you know. And, and, and but um, I'll just share something with you again about all of this. Um, and I wrote about this in, in my second book, and I called it Poignant Past Lives. And I really believe that we all align specific lifetimes in, in, a, in a particular lifetime because we want to use the information from that lifetime or that experience as such. Anyway, many, many, many 
um, years ago, I, uh, I visited um, with Kay Oman. We went to Oman and we were driving up into this mountainous area and I just had this overwhelming sense of, I know this place so well. And, and even got vision of, of this man sitting on a, um, a cliffside overlooking the whole of the valley mm -hmm. and having a sense that I had been this person. Anyway, so I started having these meditations on, on poignant past lives. And this image came up straight away in my mind. And I could see this man sitting there. So I thought, oh, okay. So I thought, I'm going to ask questions. So I put some questions like, who are you? And the name Amir came up. And, mm -hmm. and then I asked other questions about his life. He didn't look at me. He was just staring. And I was sort of getting this information as a thought. And then I kept doing this for, for a while to the point where it's like, yeah, I really get a sense of the power of who I was in that lifetime and how it's influencing me. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was having this meditation on the same thing. And suddenly he turned around and looked straight at me. And, and you know, I, if I wasn't out of my body, I would have fallen out of it, you know? <laughs> and, and it was the weirdest feeling. It's like, because that was me in a past life looking at me in my future. Right, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. What I thought at the time was this, was because of course time is irrelevant. And I thought, well, if he's influencing me as who I am now, is me as Blair influencing him? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, the future influencing the past as much as the past can influence the future. Absolutely. Oh, look, we could talk for hours. But I had this, this is something I've been trying to wrap my linear brain around again because it's all happening simultaneously. So the question I've posed has been, uh, and my guides are doing their darndest to try and teach my linear puny mind, uh, you know, how are all the past lives dovetailing? And then uh, I think a client asked me if somebody awakens in one life and, you know, becomes more of the God essence, like this is what Tapash talks about, you know, we are gods. Are, we, are you living as God? You know, are you living as God or are you just, just chewing on it, <laughs> you know, mulling it over? But when somebody starts to live as God, is that affecting all the other past lives? You know, how does that affect all the other past lives who are attempting at some point to reach that? Yes. And um, I was told that it does affect all the other past. It's like if the candle is lit, then it like it just went through through all those timelines, and sort of all the candles were lit. Yeah. When you're yeah. saying, it reminds me though, was is that regardless of which life we're living and how that life is affected, we still have free will, whether we see it or not, or feel it or not, or know it or not. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so just because the light's on doesn't mean we do anything with it. You know, and, and yeah. which is even, you know, in, in the present, you know, so much light is, is given to people, but then people get so caught up into their human nature and, and by getting caught up into the human nature, they're, they're caught up into the idea of what they believe life is all about, just purely from human nature terms. And, yeah. and opposed to, hey, you're God in a body, a creator, this is your reality. And what are you going to do with it? Yeah. And, and, and so, which is, you know, the time that we've reached now, which is that synergy between all frequencies. Mm -hmm. and, and that has to occur. And it's actually occurring naturally. So, so we can't close the door on it. It's impossible now. So, so we find that we're in this position where, you know, as Tabash says, the God in us is waking up. And as it wakes up more, then it has to direct the human nature in really specific terms. And of course, that, that's not at the cost of our human nature. It's to enhance our human nature. Right. But, but rather than, you know, 
we're human beings living our lives. Now we're gods actually creating and then directing our, our, our human lives. Yeah. So it's just to, I suppose, see it from the, the bigger picture, the grand scheme of it. As well. The grand scheme of things. We're source energy inserted into a physical timeline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, uh, you know, there's a few questions that I wanted to pose to Bash, you know, about your relationship with him. And, and one of them is, who is he in regards to you? Is he a part, is he an aspect of you? Is he a past, is he a past aspect of you? Is, is he a future aspect of you? Is he part of your soul group? Is he part of your higher self? I mean, yeah. is he completely, I mean, yeah. we can't be separate, but is he yeah. more removed? I mean, how, how does it work, you, yeah. you guys? You know, when I've been interviewed, people have often said, well, he must be an aspect of yourself. Well, I suppose in the sense of if we're all gods, then yes, we're all gods together. Yeah. Uh, but he's not, he's not part of my higher self. He's not a, I would say he's a separate entity. You know, and, and, and so... If so. we could be separate, not, but we can't. But, yeah, but more and so Bash and Blair is Blair. And, and, and so, so Blair and Tabash together are gods together, basically. So it's like you can blend the, the connection and make the collective vibration. So you could say, we're just source power, basically. Have you guys lived a, a, a physical life together at some point? Never, never. Now, I've asked them that, and right. we've had no emotional connection on that level at all. So, um, but, uh, you know, it's like, you know, the agreement that we made um, offered us both opportunity to evolve in the way that we chose to. Yes. Mm -hmm. So obviously, as, as souls, you know, we recognize um, a vibration between the two of us that allowed us to create this work together. Yes. And, and you know, I mean, the thing about, so I'm just getting Tabash's energy coming through really strongly here. And, and you know, he's, he's saying that, you know, when you have an intention like we both had to be gods more, then yes. our energy is connected. So therefore, okay. it's given us both an opportunity to advance our God nature. So let's look at it this way. The soul, spirit of Blair for a better word, who's not Blair, but who's taking on the personality construct, physical life timeline of Blair, yeah. makes an agreement yeah. with a soul spirit of Tabash, who's not Tabash, but has, you know, taken on that identity from his past life so that you can have something to relate to when you're in your identity. Yeah. Make an agreement that, you know, for your spiritual evolution, you would come into density and have a physical life and he would interact with that physical life through you. And that agreement would evolve both of you on your spiritual yes. evolution or expansion or words are not the best way to describe this stuff. But yeah, so that's what's going on. And also too, that both of us had a uh, intense need to serve and, and, and to raise consciousness. I mean, I could have easily just done what I'm doing just for myself. Right, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and rather than go public. And so the fact that I've gone public with it the way that I have, then right. served the opportunity to, you know, raise consciousness and serve humanity. Yeah. Well, you're doing it on, you know, on this particular timeline and this particular time-space reality where humanity is shifting. So 
you chose this timeline to be of service because that's what's happening. You know, I, I think I even heard you say in another interview that, uh, you know, that's what's happening. We're, we're going through this shift. And so you're not alone on the planet. There's just so many that are dovetailing with spirit or higher self in some way that are a part of this shift. And that's the agreement that they've made at this time to do that as a part of the shift, you know, yes. to wake up, to come into physical bodies for the first time, to be, in relationship with their higher self, their guides, you know, channel them or whatever, like just be enlightened or inspired by them. And yeah, yeah so. Um, then the, um, the little excerpt that you were reading about the bio, you know, as we walk on the rainbow bridges, then, you know, we're all walking towards a higher nature now. And, and it's a higher nature that is us, that, that's, that's, you know, our, our authenticity. And as that part of us is embraced, then we simply blend into another level of ourselves. And, and, and then from that point, we, we portray ourselves completely differently because we realize that, you know, we cannot limit ourselves through our human nature anymore. You know, we have to, you know, be our God nature. But by doing so, it actually enhances all the qualities we possess in our human nature. So we become better at our qualities. And one of the things I've learned, you know, by, you know, using spirit and, and source power, it's amazing how you can direct the energy in your physical body. And, and like, I, I'm really into my fitness. And, and, and one day I was at the gym and my trainer put 300 kgs onto the, the leg press. And so I sort of looked at it and I thought, well, that's really heavy. So I said to my trainer, well, I think I'll just call on the part of me that knows how to do this. And he sort of looked at me and he goes, what do you mean? And I said, just watch. So I closed my eyes and I, I thought, I am God as a superhuman athlete. <laughs> <laughs> and I invited in the energy. And then I pushed 30 reps of 300 kgs. And, and, and I didn't even break a sweat. And then I locked it in. And, and I mean, these other guys, these giant guys around me were looking at me like, how can you do that? And, 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 and then Joe said to me, wow, you know, that was amazing. How, how, how can you do that? And I said, well, you know, think about it. We've got access to all this power. You know, yeah. so you want, you want um, hardware, you go to Bunnings. You want food for the week, you go to the supermarket. You want superhuman power, you, you go to the part of you that has it. Absolutely. Matrix, the Matrix. Remember the scene in the Matrix where he has to know something yes. and he says, hang on, I'll just get it and he just shuts his eyes goes into rem and then just downloads it, <laughs> downloads the information like okay now i know how to do this i think he was fixing something or speaking yeah, another yeah. language or whatever like yeah, yeah, yeah we've yeah. got access to all of it right yeah the more unlimited we become the more that occurs because we're, we're basically just taking down an idea as opposed to a belief it's like because it's our ideas that 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 you know determine the clarity of our lives or not, and 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 so you know when we become God in our nature, then we become open to everything. Yeah. And then we have access to everything. Yeah. And then it's just really a matter of like you said, well, let's just call this energy. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, to say that, oh, you've got to because I remember you saying in the interview that I loved watching with um, Alba and um, Geraldine. Uh, Geraldine that um, you were being upset about Kay one day and you asked Tabash and he said, just be more God. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> but, you know, let's have a look at that. Just be more God. It's a pretty scriptic, cryptic sort of thing to say. Like, what is God? Like, God is the creator. God is the infinite, the all, the access to everything. Like, what is God? So just be more of that. Be more of the creator instead of the, yeah. the victim of the circumstance. You see, that's how I read when you said that. Like, and Tabash said, just be more God. That's how I read that you're creating your reality so you can create this sadness or you can create something else like be the creator i mean the god energy in us is just a part of us that knows everything yeah and and so therefore you know god is the most ultimate consciousness the ultimate vibration and and so as you say you know you have, you have a choice i can be miserable about it or i can actually turn a light on yeah and and you know that's often you know when people have said to me how did you look after Kay all those years? And, and I said, I just went to the God in me. Yeah. And, and because every time I did, it's like I always felt really peaceful. I knew how to be with her. I knew what to say. I knew what her needs were. Yeah. Because I, I just went to the part of me that, that knew exactly what the story was. And, and when I sometimes forgot to do that, without fail, you know, she would be really upset or something would occur, you know, that, that would suddenly make you realize, well, I'm really dealing with this in a human nature way at the moment. And, and then I just click back into the God part of me. But, you know, just stay on that for a second. And when I got to the point where I realized Kay had to go into care and I'd had a very arduous night with her. Um, so I was having this meditation and I just said to Spirit, look, I can't do this anymore. You know, I really need to, to put her into care. And, and I had put her name down on a place up the road because a lot of these places have huge waiting lists and, and, and also not a lot of care homes have um, dementia units in them that are close in the city. Anyway, so they um, said to me in a loud voice, um, it will happen sooner than later, but you have to follow your process. Right. So I thought, oh, okay. So I thought, what's the process? And then I remember I'd always meant to put a name down on other places. And there's one particular place that always kept coming up called Village at the Park. So the next morning I was up there, I just drove up there. And the minute I walked into that, that place, I knew straight away this was gonna be the place. Mm -hmm. Anyway, just to validate that, they were showing me around the rooms and there was this room that uh, had been vacated because a woman had passed, but her mm -hmm. name was still on the door. When I looked at the name, I just sort of threw my eyes up to, and did a little bit of smile because the name on the door was Mrs. Blair. All right. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the, the um, facilitator took me into the, the office. We had a bit of a chat. I filled out some forms. And she said, look, we've got a waiting list for about 10 months. Right. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. But, um, you know, I just felt I had to do this. Anyway, they rang me the next day and offered me that very room. Amazing. And, and it really freaked me out, actually, because I thought, well, you know, I, I've got time to get my head around this. And suddenly they said, well, she could come in this week. And, and I'm saying, no, that, that, that I remember bursting into tears, actually, and, and, and also feeling this sort of feeling of relief. But suddenly the implications of what this meant suddenly struck at me. It was like, well, after 42 years of a relationship, it's going to end. You know, and, and, I, and I'm, I kicked into practical mode. So I got into, you know, labeling all her clothes and, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, she was at a point where she couldn't really understand what was what. And I was thinking, how am I going to tell her this? 
you know, because she, she's not going to really be able to comprehend. So I did it where I told her a story and we were lying in bed one night and, and she always used to hold my hand when she went to sleep. And, and, and so, so I was just saying to her, oh, you know, I just want to tell you a story about this beautiful lady um, who went and lived on this, in this new place on a hill. And she went, oh, you know, and I said, oh, that the lady's name is Kay. And she goes, oh, that's me. And, and I said, yes. And then I said, and her husband, uh, his name was Blair. Oh, that's you. And, and I said, well, you know, they drove together in, this, in the car and, and then Kay went to live in this place and she never needed to cook again or clean again and everyone looked after her and she goes, oh, that'd be nice. You know, all that sort of stuff, you see. So that's how I told her. And, and, and because she wouldn't have understood, you know, look, look, darling, you know, you're about to go into a care facility because you've got Alzheimer's. Oh, and, Blair, you're totally... You know, do the notebook. <laughs> the notebook movie, you know, the notebook movie. Oh my God. I think that every woman that's watching this is like totally falling in love with you now, Blair. <laughs> like their hearts are just going, oh, oh, the beautiful man looking after his wife. Well, you know, it, it teaches you uh, how to care on many levels. And I always yeah. think of intimacy, you know, intimacy isn't just about sex. Intimacy is about um, how you care and how you get close to somebody. Yeah. And you know, when you're with someone for such a long time, then, you know, you understand who they are and what they need. I mean, Kay was a very beautiful woman and very fastidious with her makeup and her, her, her jewellery and her clothes and everything. And I always made sure, made, made sure she maintained that, even to the point where I taught myself how to put her makeup on for her. Right. And, and, and so, so I learned how to do that. And, and made sure that, because sometimes she'd come and do it herself and she'd put her lipstick on her forehead and, you know, stuff like that. And know that she'd done something wrong, but wasn't quite too sure what. <laughs> so, um, oh, I know we're just sort of talking a lot about Kay, but, you know, maybe she wants that. It, are the nurses doing that for her, like where she is? Are they kind of brushing her hair and making her look pretty or? No, no, they do. I make sure they do. Right. They, because I go up there every day. Because I, I mean, I know a lot of people. You know, they the relatives go go and or loved ones go in, and then you know they might see them every so often. But the fact that I go up every day, I'm I'm also keeping an eye, you know, to make sure that you know she gets the highest level of care possible. And yeah. of course, some staff who know how to do the makeup. There's one woman who has no idea. And one day I arrived, and Kay had eyebrows like Groucho Marx. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Even though she hadn't seen herself, I could feel in her that she was not happy about this. <laughs> so, so I wheeled her back to her room and, and you know, up her eyebrows. <laughs> Sorry, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, look, um, I want to talk to Dubash and we're running out of time, but we could talk about Kay all day. Oh, that's a poet. I'm a poet and I don't know it. Uh, but I think we have to like meet Tabash. So we meet Tabash and uh, thank you so much for sharing your. your... I'll bring Tabash through. Because uh, I've got, I'm going to interrogate Tabash. I've got a few questions for him. <laughs> Watch out, Tabash. To bring him through, it doesn't take long. So um, Spirit gave me this little phrase in my head to allow me as Blair to vacate my body. Um, the transition takes, you know, maybe 15 seconds. It's not a long transition. And then um, he'll say hi, and, and then you can do what you need to do. So, and I'll talk to you later on. Okay, bye for now.
Hello, Karen. <laughs> Hello, Tabash. <laughs> nice to see you again. <laughs> oh, my God, you totally got the name. <laughs> I watch. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> oh, Tabash. So lovely to meet you. Welcome to Planet Earth. I know you've been here many times. I've been quizzing Blair about your relationship, you know, how you had the agreement to work together. He's, you know, driving the vehicle of his body most of the time, but then you come in and take the reins for a while. Yes. You know, you think about it, it's a bit like lending someone the keys to your car. Yeah. <laughs> driving for a while. <laughs> so, so Blair is, a, is an unconscious channel. So, like, when you take his body, he's not really... Conscious of what's happening right now? No, absolutely. So, so when I channel through him, he moves on to another level of consciousness. So that becomes his reality. So it really is like he's just walked down the road for an hour or whatever the, the scenario would be. Does he have memory of that when he comes back? You know, he takes the he no, back into yeah. the vehicle? Yeah, yeah. So it's like he's gone and had another experience. And he would right. meet up with teachers and guides. Um, you know, the thing is about entities who, who channel is that, you know, your, your, your soul has made use of while you're out there. So you can be sent on missions, you know, to bring healing to the world or to situations. Um, mm. You can get sent to places where you can have, you know, <clears throat> higher learnings and understanding that are pertaining to your own experiences in your own life. And, and, and so, so you're not just sort of uh, floating around on a cloud playing a harp, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 yeah. It's like it's like you'd be dreaming, like at night. It's like no, not a dream. No, it, it, no, but like he is. What he would experience would be like waking up as if he's been in a dream, like in another dimension. No, when he when he comes back, it's like he's literally had that experience. Okay. So no sense of a dream essence about it at all. It's like it's like when he goes to the gym. You know, he went to the gym. Right. So I've just been spurred. All right, I've just been over there. Oh, I should ask him about these things. Okay, so I want to I want to talk about you. I want to talk about your. So it says here that the last time you were in a body was over five thousand years ago, in Sumeria, which is now Iraq. Is it? Iraq and Iraq. Yes. Yeah, Iraq and Iraq. So five thousand years ago, we lived in a different consciousness. Like humanity was maybe more evolved than they are currently, or have been in the past few hundred yep. years or whatever and and it said that 5,000 years ago gods walked with humans and my take of, on that is that what we call the gods were like extraterrestrial higher dimensional beings that were in body walking the human plane what was that like well it was normal to us and 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 so you know if you think about when you live in a it's all relative to, to your experiences. And, and, but you've got to remember too, is that you know, in that time in history, um, it's not that everybody had access to all those vibrations and all those energies. So, so, so therefore there were you know, groups and, and uh, the entities, the energies that, that, that walked at that time, you know, they would make alignments with specific situations or people or scenarios. And, and yes, people were, were conscious of it and aware of it, but there was still quite a lot of 
I'm going to call it human ignorance right. in regards to, you know, because so many people were, were less educated and, and, and so they're, you know, almost, you know, I don't like to use this word, but it comes to mind. It's almost like, you know, there were a lot of people who are still living a very feral life. Mm-hmm. And, and so therefore, you know, for them to understand, you know, consciousness and, and, and spirit entities and, and extraterrestrial energies and stuff like that, you know, it, it just went so beyond what they could comprehend. And, and, and so therefore, so the energies that did walk the planet, you know, they could disguise themselves in all sorts of different ways, but they were there to influence and monitor, you know, what was actually going on so that they could, you know, uh, assist or guide in, in whatever way is possible. And, and, and also, you know, all through the history of this planet, you know, you have energies monitoring what's going on in the world, what's going on economically, politically, you know, you name it, the, 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 the energies are always absorbing, uh, observing and, and in their own way, looking at how they can participate without actually, you know, taking free will away. And, yeah. and, and so, so, but, but also occasionally making specific links with particular people where certain messages are, are given through. You know, this could be looked at through history. I mean, a good example of that would be Moses in the Bible, you know, who was obviously given information from higher sources, you know, to pass on to people. But obviously the way that the Bible depicts it is completely different. But right. yeah. it, 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 it's always happened through history. And then, it, I mean, all this channeling stuff and mediumship, et cetera, is not a new thing. It's always been here. And, yeah. But what I want to explain to human nature is that, you know, when God decided to, to create this, this, this earthly energy, you had waves of souls that incarnated onto the planet. So the first 12 waves of souls were basically the souls that assisted in creating what was on the planet and, and, and the trees and the animals and all that sort of stuff you see. Mm-hmm. And how I define it is uh, first family, second family, second family, third family, fourth family, et cetera, et cetera. So 12 levels of consciousness, so 12 levels of family vibration. And, and, and then invariably what occurred was that um, a lot of the vibrations of souls that were coming through started getting locked into the density of the earthian vibration. And so therefore they begin to lose the sight of their God nature and got too involved in their experience, too involved in their God, uh, human right. nature. Yeah. Involved in their own creations. They got involved in their own creation. But yeah, exactly, but they've created the density. Like the density has to be created, right? Because it has well, to be formulated. It has to be like, I don't know, created. No, it doesn't, you know, because in the beginning it was all light energy, light bodies, light vibrations, and everything was in harmony. So density, density doesn't have to come into it at all. And, and, and so therefore, I mean, it, it makes sense. You think about it, the further you get away from God, it's a bit like saying the further you get away from the light, the less you'll see. Yeah, exactly. And, and of course, what's occurring is that as people are becoming more godlike in their nature, then they're just turning the lights on. You know, that's why I always say, if you look at the concept of enlightenment, it means to be in light of your life. To turn the dimmer switch up, right, Tabash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like- <laughs> You've gone into life's room and you turn the lights on and you go, oh, I can see everything now. Yeah, right, right. And, and, and you know, and this is important, what I'll say now, is I think 
you can't ever get rid of anything. You know, everything is always going to be there in the room. You know, even the stuff you want, the stuff you don't want, the stuff you don't understand, it's always there. But what occurs is you change within yourself so dramatically that you're able to perceive your situation differently. Exactly. As the creator of it. And yeah, yeah. therefore, why do I suffer from my own creation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do so I choose to suffer from my own creation? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's my misery gut stuff over there. Oh, yeah. I'll get rid of that. And I say, no, you don't get rid of it. You, you've got to acknowledge, oh, it has its place. It has its place. So, so therefore, you let it have its place. And then your misery gut stuff is waving at you and saying, oh, come and hang out with me. And then <laughs> when you God, you look at it and you go, no, sorry, I don't hang out with you anymore. And, and, but I know you're a part of who I am but I don't have to pay attention to you. Exactly. So, so the moment you do that, then that misery guts parts of you gets bored with you and, and it just sits there and it just goes dormant after a while because you're not giving it life by paying attention to it. Yes, exactly. And, you know, it's the whole thing. Whatever you focus on becomes your life. And, and so, so, but this is hard for people because it's like, well, you know, why would I want my misery to be there? Why would I want my unhappiness to be there? And I say, this is the way it works, but you can organize it so you don't have to be affected by it. And, but that's the hard thing because people feel that life is happening to them as opposed to their making it happen. Yes. And, and, and so, so this is an interesting time in history now because human nature, of course, is waking up to the idea that they are the creators of the reality. Because, you know, to me, when I observe... In, in, in the earth, there are more people now on this planet who understand the concept of mind, body, spirit than those who don't. And that's, that's good for, for this planet, even though people look at all the madness that, that goes that. Hang on, hang on, say that again. There are more people on this earth who understand the concept of mind, body, spirit than those that don't. I don't know about that, really? You really think there's more people that understand it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's there. And that's why more and more people are making changes and questioning things and turning lights on because they've got something inside of them. Well, as I say, the God in you is now waking up. So as the God in you wakes up collectively, it starts to filter through everything. And, 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 and so, so this is an exciting time in, in, in history and all the souls who choose to be incarnated at this time, you're all actually helping this to occur. So every time you evolve, then it's going to lift consciousness up. But at the same token, it's interesting because sometimes when you turn a light on for some people, they go, turn that light off. I don't want to see myself. I don't want to look Yes. And, oh, and, yes. Have I experienced that recently? I tell you. So, yeah. I want to respect that because, as I put it, well, they're just going through it their way. You're going through it your way. So what you've got to do, because, you know, something, you know, sometimes for you, I think you try too hard to make it right for people. And, 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 and you're not here to make it right for people. You're just here to be God. You know? And, and so, so what you do, you, you do what you can, how you can, when you can, and the way you can. And, and, and so, but you, you can sometimes attract the takers to you. The takers take and bag her off. And, and so, so you've got to allow yourself to think, hang on a minute, what am I deleting here? So that's where you've got to stand still sometimes and think, you know, here, I'm a God in this woman's body. I know who I am. And therefore, I can't go out there and fix everybody. I'm not here to fix everybody. You know, I'm just here to turn some lights on. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm not here to fix everybody. No, I was just thinking, you know, somebody I had on the show who had had this horrific childhood and she'd had a few NDEs, 
and then um, and then she's out. Now she's out speaking about her NDE. She's written a book, but she's still very much playing victim to her past and and wants to hate hate the haters, and then wants everyone else to hate the haters. And so it's really interesting. I was trying to turn the light on for her, like forgiveness. Have you heard about the word forgiveness? And loving the haters and seeing yourself as the creator of all this. And she was like, turn the light off, please. And now let me let me point at you and say that now you're harassing me. Now I'm a victim to you. So it's been really interesting seeing that, especially with someone who wants to put herself forth in the world as a teacher Absolutely. and still. You know, it, no one is right, no one is wrong. And, you know, she's gone through it her way. And she's gone doing it her way. Going to a place where they have to listen to that. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And it's about respecting that. But I find that when people who are like that, uh, they get very evangelistic in their need to be negative. Oh, yeah. Evangelistic in their need to be negative. Very well said. Absolutely. But I'm not going to harp on this because I've got more questions for you, Tavash. So how have you evolved with your relationship with Blair? Because So people think that when we're spirit, when we're not incarnate, that we're like, we're perfect. You know, a lot of, Philosophy says when we're spirit, we're perfect. And then when we become human, we become imperfect. But obviously you can still be spirit and still evolving and expanding. And how has your relationship with Blair helped you do that? Well, you know, the more that he's become God, the more it's given me the opportunity to present my teachings and, and, and serve as God. And, 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 and so, but of course, every time that, that occurs, everything expands, everything evolves. You know, our, our discourse right now, um, because we are serving from a position of light, not only are we, you know, uh, teaching people, but we are expanding consciousness. You know, and, and it's that whole thing, as you let your own light shine, you unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Right. And, and, and <laughs> Sorry, just copying. When you were Tabash, were you a teacher of consciousness in that lifetime? No, no, I was a man who had wife, kids, job. Right. Well, but I understood uh, that I got to a place in my life where I realized that, you know, there was so much more. And, you know, the story I will tell about this, I remember um, on a journey, and in those days, you know, if you needed a place to sleep, you could go to anyone's place, you know, right. knock on the door and say, I need, a, I need a bed for the night, so to speak. Anyway, so, so this man allowed me into his, his home and he spoke to me of his sadness. Uh, there'd been a big fever going through the village and he'd lost his wife and he lost his children and there's much sadness in him and he was so negative and so unhappy and, and, and you know, his whole life was, was, was gone as he put it, you see. And then, you know, he shared with me, you know, his friendships with people around and I met some of the other villagers and, and then I realized that there was this lady who lived nearby and she had lost her husband and her children, you know, and, and, and that she was very much loving this man. And yet he was so blind to, to what he could see because of his grief that he could not see that things had moved on and, and, and that life had actually regenerated and there was other options and other possibilities for him to see. Anyway, so I said my farewells to him, but it made me think of, wow, you know, look at this person. And, and they're so caught up into a belief system that right. their belief is defining, you know, themselves. And therefore, they, they are building up these barriers and walls. And this made me think to myself, I, I, I want to be more. 
You know, I need to, 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 to look at my own belief systems and my own ideas and what am I doing? Does that work for me? You know, does that serve me? Am I a good father? Am I a good husband? And, 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 and am I being the best I can be? You know, and then that's when I just started to develop more and more the understanding of our God nature. Yeah. And, you know, by, by allowing myself to align on that level, you know, I, I had, you know, good epiphanies and, 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 you know, as you humans would call it, eureka moments. Yeah, aha moments. Yeah. Yeah, aha moments. Okay, that's a good one. And, <laughs> and so, but, um, and then it just made me realize that, you know, to live this energy, it's not about I go to the temples or I, I go into the, to, the, to the desert and pray to the gods and such like that. It's more, first I thought, I need to live this. I need to bring this through my life. So, so, so it's, 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 it's about how do I bring the God in me, you know, as a father or, 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 or as a husband or as a person or whatever. And, and so, so the awareness, it was like I'm aware that I have access to, to the power of life. Yeah. And so therefore I would just practice daily, as I'll just say, being God daily. And, and through the way I thought, through the way I felt, through the way my responses were. And then that's how I learned Oh, yeah, that's a human nature response, not a God response. Right. And, and again, look, it doesn't mean that, you know, you've got walking around with a big smile on your face all the time or some angelic experiences, you know, or, or that you never get angry or, 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 you know, that sort of thing, because of course you do. But, yeah. but, but, but you know how to be with it. You know how to, to organize. You know how to put it down. Yeah. This yeah. is the thing I think about in, in human nature, in their self-development now. I think they're trying to suppress a lot of what they're feeling. You know, they think, oh, just because I'm spiritual, I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be pissed off. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have road rage, you know? And, and, you know, I shouldn't have opinions and all that sort of stuff. So they're denying themselves of, of human expressions. And, and I would just say, look, you know, have your moment, but don't overdo it. Yeah, just don't stay there. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, I think it gives you choice, you know, what would God do now? Do I have to follow through on this thought or this trajectory of feeling or can I like stop and choose? Like what would God, what would love do now? What would God do now? So, choice. You know, um, I have all these infinite possibilities and that's why I always believe there's lots of futures. Everyone has lots of futures. Mm -hmm. Your future is defined by what you believe choices mm -hmm. and, and and so so no one's making decisions you're all just making choices so as as a soul incarnating into a human body five thousand years ago and then seeing that you could actually make a difference and you could have different choices and and then making a decision that you wanted to help people make those choices and to teach people you've decided to not incarnate fully into a physical life specifically on this timeline so that you would teach through Blair and then the both of you would benefit from the agreement, right? And are, so have you made a decision to teach in another timeline, either future or past or in the physical? You can say I'm already doing that. I mean, all things are happening simultaneously. Yeah, so are you living in another timeline as a physical being on Earth? So that would be the question. Hmm. Not on Earth, no, but some other place, yes. Some other place. Okay, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. So I'm really trying to, what I'm trying to do is, because there's a lot of belief and dogma, you know, here on this plane that says, you know, there's karma and I, and I have to sort of work through my karma and this is like a prison planet and I've got to sort of get out of my karma and lots of 
people on their spiritual journey think that they don't want to be here because it's such a dense environment and you know with negative emotions and all that sort of stuff but i think from the soul's perspective it's a wanted environment and then there is no you have to come back there is only choice could i explain my perspective of karma? yeah just to me karma is just simply the deals you make in your lifetime the deals you make in your lifetime whether that's the people in your life the places you live in your personality traits those are just the deals you've made yeah. karma isn't about you know retribution it's just that karma gives you opportunity to experience life in lots of different ways yeah and when you know yourself then you understand how the laws of it work and, and so if you pay attention daily you know i put it this way every day you wake up you give yourself a chance of life again and every day of your life you have to decide today what shall i think what shall i feel how shall i be and, and so, so you have this whole day to decide how is God, you're going to create your reality, how you're going to respond. And, and okay, to me, I think humans have turned life into a very dangerous place because they, they have caught up into the density of it and they forget to see the beauty of it and the beauty in each other and the, and the, the harmony that is actually there. And, and, and so, yes, it, it, it's denser than some other places that one could incarnate in. But, but in, its, in its ultimate state, where does an ultimate state come from? You. If you are living in your ultimate state, then you will see the ultimate vibration of Earth. Yeah. And, you, know, you, you understand that you humans understand this as the law of attraction. And, and, and so, so this is where you realize this is your reality, no one else's. And, and that's quantum physics, the science of your possibilities. So, so no matter where you are, yeah. in what timeline, on what planet, in what quality of density, you still get to create what you want to create. So you have an opportunity to create heaven or hell, according to your focus. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's just really about a decision. Decision. And, 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 you know, but of course, if you have a high level of awareness about, about self, then you know it's easier to make decisions. But of course, when you don't have that awareness, then your decisions are made through your emotions or through your reactions right. as opposed to you know, standing for a moment in your God nature and feeling the bigger picture. And then so people in human nature terms, they will make an impetuous decision. That's not mm -hmm. a God decision. That's a human nature decision. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I know we've got limited time and I've got more questions for you. And this is coming from my you know, puny linear mind curiosity about a spirit channeling through a physical body who doesn't actually own the vehicle, so to speak, you know, borrowing the car. <laughs> How, so when you're disembodied and your spirit, you've got broader access to all that is right. But when you're channeling through a body, mind, personality complex, now you're under some more limitations that, like, are you under the same limitations as our soul channeling through us? How does it work, Tabash? I mean, <clears throat> when I channel through, I'm still pure consciousness. But you're still working with Blair's mind and memories and body and personality. What I'm realizing is that when I'm in his vibration, because of his frequency is different from my frequency, right. and I'm, I'm in a, uh, how shall I put this? Um, it's more limited because of his vibrations and energies. 
and and yet the more he raises his consciousness then you know the the, the more that things occur and so that's where you know it's like you know when they talk about in the christian bible when you seated at the right hand of the father it just means that you suddenly equaled yourself in the in the vibration and therefore when that happens then that's where you know amazing things could occur like if his vibrations were at the same frequency that i was resonating to then when i was in his body i could make his body float around the room right okay yeah yeah okay okay but, but then his frequencies are still working on that one yeah so when you come into his body you you're limited to where he is vibrationally speaking like what you can bring through and do and yeah so um so yeah so it so yeah okay so it's it's a relationship between you and him so the more you teach him and the more he pays attention to what you're teaching and actually raises his vibration then the more awesome. access i don't know the more you can flow through yeah i mean it's, it's not just in, in the sense of channeling if you think about it just in you know everyday living you know the more you understand your god nature then the more you're accessing more life right mm -hmm. and therefore you're able to just be more clear in your thoughts or things occur better and, and, and your, your abilities and talents are all amplified because you're simply going to more of you that, that's going to inspire, you know, who you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's a phrase I like to say, which is, and this is where everyone has to get to this point, in order to be something, you have to know what it is to be nothing. Hang on, say that again. In order to be something, you have to know what it is to be nothing. And what that means mm. is that you've got to step away from a purpose or an identity or, 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 or a rule or anything. It's like, hey, I just am. I remember in the Sedona uh, speaking, and this man asked me the question, hey, Tabash, what's the meaning of our lives? What's the purpose of our existence? And I said, you have none. Nobody does. Well, of course, the audience laughed, and he's sort of looking at me, and he goes, yeah, but what's this all about? I said, what do you want it to be about? How do you want to think? How do you want to feel? How do you want to live? How do you want your marriage to be? How do you want your job to be? That's how it works, you know? And, and that's in any, any individual. How do I choose to think? Yeah, you, know, you decide. You finish with me, you got the rest of the day. You have to decide, you know, and you have a structure. So you know, okay, this is how I choose it to be. You know, and you know, I would say to people, stop wondering about how my day is going to work out. And instead think, okay, here's my day. This is a decision I've made. This is a reality I'm going to create. And, and, and so, so the more you get involved in that, then the more you're increasing the life energy through you, which gives you the power to change things. But you've got to look at your motive. So most people have this motive for a reason. But if you're just doing it because you can do it, then you get a clarity. You know, I can heal because I can heal. I can love because I can love. I can change the world because I can change the world. I don't need a reason. I don't need a purpose. I don't even do it because I want to help people. I'm just doing it because I can do that. Because I can, right. Yeah, like why climb Mount Everest? Because I can. <laughs> but everyone is attaching a purpose or a need, you know, and, 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 and it's like, well, just do it because you can do it. And that is how God created everything, because God can do it. Yeah. And that's the challenge we give ourselves, right? So we come into this denser environment where we've got these limitations and then what we, you know, we want to see what we can do under those circumstances. Like what can I achieve under these sort of more limited circumstances as, the, as an infinite 
you know, extension of the creator coming into this, squashing myself into this linear timeline, what, what can I do? Yeah. And the thing is, is, is do as much as you feasibly can in the life that you're living within reason. But of course, it's all relative. You know, enlightenment comes in many different ways. To some, it's a spiritual thing. To some people, enlightenment is knowing that they can find fresh water to drink. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or knowing that they are having a safe place to sleep for the night or the bombs are falling. You know, so so enlightenment is many different things to many different souls. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking I've got this image of like someone who ramps up the density or the limitation and comes into, say, a, soul, a body that uh, doesn't work very well, like in a wheelchair, you yes. know, and, and can't move from the neck down or something and then says, you know, what can I do inside this body? Can I jump out of planes? Can I climb mountains? Yeah, you know, then, I mean, look at that actor, Christopher Reeves who became a tetraplegic after his fall from a horse. And, and then he went on to, you know, direct movies and things like that. Okay, no right. fast. And, and, and so, yes, he could have easily just, that was it, flip that switch off, that part of my life is finished. You know, or you look at, you know, the Invictus Games that Prince Harry has created. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you have all these, you know, people from, um, you know, war injuries and things like that are getting out there and, and realizing, okay, I might not have any legs anymore, but I can still move, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's all about how much more can I be? How much more can I do? How much more can I create? But it's all, it depends on the person. It depends on the soul. You know, some people are just going to think, I will never live my life ever again. I can't, I can't be, be this anymore. And that's a choice. That's a choice. And then mm-hmm. they're not wrong. And They're not wrong if they don't believe they're wrong, right? Absolutely. I mean, it is what it is. They've just got yeah. to yeah, they say that again, they're God what? Yeah, God doing it that way. God doing it that way, yeah, exactly. And, and, and so this is why people measure life too much in, you know, that's limited or that's right or that's wrong or whatever, that's productive, that's counterproductive. It's more, oh, well, that's just, that, that's what it is. And, and, and you know, when, I look, when you look at yourself and say, well, here I am, this is who I am. Now, am I making who I am work for me? You know, that, yeah. that's what you've got to ask yourself. Am I making who I am work for me? Yeah. And everyone could be doing more, but your more is entirely up to you. There's no such thing as the right more. You know, it, it's your choice. And remember, this is something I really want to say to the audience, is that, you know, when you go into spirit, you know, God's not going to tear you off. You know, God's not going to say, you know, you are a really bad person in that lifetime. Oh, right, 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 yeah. You know, it doesn't happen that way. You go to spirit and you will be loved and you will be healed, and you will be embraced. Even if you've done the most awful thing, you will still be embraced. But, you know, you'll be made to look at, okay, well, this is what you did. And, and, and there, are, there are repercussions to this. And, you know, someone said to me, karmically, they said, Tabash, karmically, how does a mass murderer resolve that? How do they resolve that karmically? And I said, oh, well, they might come into another lifetime and become a scientist who discovers a cure that, 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 that saves millions. Yeah. There's lots of different ways that you can resolve issues like that. Yeah, that question is so huge because, because you know, like we're talking about all this choice that we have, we're making choices from this perspective and then we, you know, we're, we continue to make choices and the choices are infinite and endless. And so to say, how does someone do that? It's like, depends on what they choose, right? 
just depends on what they choose with the circumstances they've created and what they do next. It's really hard, you know, when you understand that you're creating the reality, but try to tell that to a woman whose daughter was raped and murdered. Yeah. Or wanted to have that reality, you know, and, and that's where, you know, the only way people could really get that and understand that is if people bring their children up right from the beginning, knowing their gods. If that occurred, then those sorts of things wouldn't even happen anyway. Well, Tavash, I've done my dandas trying to teach my daughter that she's the creator of her reality, but it really falls on deaf ears when the shit's going down and she's not liking it. And then I throw that you're the creator of your reality thing in her face and she just tells me to F off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's looking at it from, oh, that's his mum trying to tell me what to do. Yes. <laughs> if it comes from somebody else, then that would probably be a different perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. God doing it her way. She's and got doing it her way. Also, she's got this huge sense of determination in her to do the driving for herself, and she hates people telling her what to do. Oh, God, you're so right. You're so absolutely right. <laughs> Fine. But at the same token, you know, I would say to her, but, you know, your mum has a lot of wisdom, <laughs> and, and just hear what she has to say, and just look at it like it's a tool. Yeah, you can tell her that, Tabash, okay? <laughs> <laughs> go oh you've got to go i know i could talk to you all day i didn't even get through half the questions but uh, we'll have to set up another time to chat because it's been such a joy to talk with both of you thank you thank you thank you thank you okay blessings to you all blessings Hello. Oh, that was such a joy. I could talk to Tabash all day. I could talk to you all day as well. You're both e equally as fascinating. Um, but I know that you have to go. But I was quizzing him about what happens to you when he's in driving your car. You know, he said it's like you gave him the keys to your car. And I, and do you have memory of what you've just experienced? I know yeah, you're looking. Sitting by a lake, actually. You're sitting by a lake. Oh, so can you eavesdrop on what Tabash is talking about? Um. I suppose I could, but I never do. <laughs> so, in order to know what we've discussed, will you have to watch this recording back? This recording. Yeah. I've got this real weird thing about watching myself in interview. I just feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I'm going to quiz you on it. I want you to watch it because I think it's just fascinating. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I. Um, um, yeah, particularly when I channel, it's it's like because you know you were there, but you weren't there. And, and it's like you feel like you're invading your own space or something. It's the most bizarre feeling. So, but um, anyway, that's, that's, that's how it is. So. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't done the trance channeling thing. I don't know if I want to in this lifetime. Maybe I can play with it. But because I've got them there on tap the whole time, I just need to ask them, you know, if I've got a question. And, and then I relay what they say rather than them jumping in and being me, you know. So, but um, I, I suspect it would be a wild experience. I might try it one day, but um, you have to go. But uh, I've got so many things I want to say, ask you more, more things. But I had a blast with Tabash. And you know what was really interesting? I have a friend who's a channel too. She's now a guru. But she always used to call me Karen all the time. Karen, 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 right? And then one day I was in one of her groups about 20 years ago. And she sort of brought through some entity that jumped into her body. And all she said to me was, Karen, 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 Karen. That's all she said to me, but she said it. 
And she always called me Karen. And the first thing Tabash said was, hello, car. <laughs> and I just cracked me up. So spirit seems to know how to pronounce my name, even when humans don't. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious because the R sound is the heart chakra. Karen. All right, you have to go. I can see you have to go. Blair, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. I'm dying to talk to you again because I just, we have, we've just scratched the surface with you. And I'd love to get you out to Sydney because it's, Tabash is so much fun and so are you, but he's a hoot and I love that he's a, you know, he uses your body so well, like you don't have to shut your eyes and he's like totally animated inside your body. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, no, I'm definitely open to that possibility. So that'd be awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch and see if we okay, can. Well, that's awesome. All right. Big awesome. love to you. Okay. We'll see you when we do. Okay. Ciao for now. Bye, -bye. Bye for now. Well, <laughs> that was fun. Gee, Tabash is fun. Tabash is, oh, talking that fabulous is that fabulous i just had so much fun i mean blair's beautiful and gorgeous but tabash is um he's a hoot <laughs> that was so much fun more questions i had so many more questions especially about the timeline that he lived in five thousand years ago like if we could ask someone who's here and present about what it was like why not i curiosity it's just my curious mind wanting to know but, uh, you know, the ancient Egyptians, I didn't get into this with him because we ran out of time, but the ancient Egyptians depict all these lion head beings and bird head beings and, and uh, elephant head beings. And we call them gods, you know, Ganesh and Anubis and all these people, we call them gods, but they were actually beings, physical ETs, I suppose we could call them, that walked the earth and they were walking the earth around that time about 5,000 years ago. I don't know. So I had lots of questions for Tabash about that, but we didn't get into it. I have to say we got into the, excuse me, um, you know, talking about being the creator of our reality. And as you know, this is what I teach and I try to teach through all the shows, even though my curious mind goes off in, diff in different trajectories. But my guides have said to me that this is the most important thing humans need to know at this time is that they are the creators or, you know, as Blair would say, or Tabash would say, yeah, gods. What did I write down here? Yeah. Creators connected to the stream of infinite intelligence. Do you live as gods? Do you live as the creator of your reality or do you feel victimized by life and feel like life is beating you up? Or do you know that you can create how you react or respond to life? Cause that's what we've got control over, how we think and feel. We might not have control over anything else, how anybody behaves or what the weather's doing or what the politicians are doing, but we have control over how we think and feel and flow our energy. And as we take control and take back the power of choice, this is how we create a new earth in fact that's really what i wanted to talk to tabash about too the new earth and creating the new earth and future changes and what's to come but and how to deal with it it would be the same story really it would be you know regardless of what happens how can you respond to it as a god as a creator as love how can you choose love in every situation you know you could just say that about a million times before people get it <laughs> I think I thought about it for at least 20 years before it started to sink in. 
I'm creating this. I'm creating this. With everything that happened, I would say, I'm creating this. Why did I create this? I created this for a reason. What am I learning from this? That was 20 years I just kept saying, good, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever was happening, I would say, I've created this. I've created this for a reason. You know, some part of me has created this. It might not be my conscious mind, but some part of me has created this. What can I learn out of it? What's the gift? How can I expand through this? How can I grow? Mm. So, yes, whatever's happening in your life, know that you at some point, at some stage, some aspect of you has created it for a reason. How can you expand and grow out of it? Ah, too much fun. That was so much fun. Thank you again for joining me, accentuating the positive. And as I always say, buy the book, (laughs) Awakened by Death. Fascinating to see other people's stories. You know, the book is filled with people going through extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary contrast or trauma and growing and responding to it and, and growing out of it, expanding through it, awakening to their creator to the god within them through the traumas awakening to the choices you know dave byron is one of my favorite chapters in the book his his story is the most horrific and he was the most in detailed with the horrificness that he went through and i put all that detail in because he's such a beautiful positive happy being and it's just he wakes up every morning and he says i have a choice i have a choice to think about the tragedy and let it destroy me or have a choice to think a happy thought and then follow that follow that trajectory of that joy choice we have we are the creators we choose so in a sanctum coming up with rich martini next week and then what we have after rich go go to the page if you go to my page karenswain.com you'll see all the teachers coming up i've got michael tomorrow coming in I just loved my conversation with Michael Tamora. He's such a master. He, he, he is like a tabash. He is a spirit guide, but he's still wearing a physical body. He you know, hasn't left his body yet, even though he has died five times. I think he said he's died five times. Is he coming up next? Uh, yes, he's next month. And Mary Rodwell's coming in again. We're going to talk about the new human rejoining our cosmic family. Passionate about that. That's why I wanted to quiz Tabash about walking with extraterrestrials on Earth because can't wait for us to do it again, right, in this life. And then Raphael tomorrow is coming in. She's going to talk about communicating with animals and, 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 and the soul contracts we have with our animals, the soul agreements we have with our animals. We talked about her dog being with them three times and my cat being with me three times. My little cat's still with me in his third incarnation in this lifetime. Uh, and Susie Hansen's coming on in September, Galactic Realities and Hybrid Children. She's fascinating. Oh, fascinating. And Frances Key is going to come back. She's been very quiet of late, but the team books, I don't know if you've watched the shows I've done with Frances, just the team books are just fabulous, beautiful, channeled books, four or five, four books that she channeled after her mother died. And then Penny Short, you know, she came on the show last year. She's an energy healer that uh, worked with the Indigenous Aboriginals in, 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 uh, in Australia. So we're going to do a bit of energy, you know, teaching. She teaches people about their energy system. And um, so she's coming on and Courtney Beck is coming on at the end of the year who channels, um, well, she's been channeling Krishna. She channels Isis as well. And um, 
So yeah, so lots of guest teachers coming on and of course you get to chat to me as well and quiz my guides because they're always there. They're always there on tap, whatever you want to ask them. I don't have to leave, I don't have to get out of the car for them to drive the car. <laughs> I can stay in the car and listen, which is great for me because then I get the benefit of the teaching. Mm. So thanks. So come join us in the Inner Sanctum and uh, we have a lot of fun. Love you all. Thanks again for watching. Bye for now.